to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast, aka Murph here, and this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it, with tales from all across the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, we all know RAGBRAI has been happening every year since the mid-70s, and this year was quite a bit different due to COVID. This week, I caught up with Corrine to chat with her about her experiences on RAGBRAI and how this year was a little bit different. So, Corrine, how are you? I'm just fine. Good. Glad to have you on the podcast and uh, talk about some of your experiences on RAGBRAI, which I'm probably ruining the surprise, but you have done... 30 rag bries. Is that true? That's true. Oh my goodness. I I can't wait to hear some of your stories. But so first, uh, tell the listeners where you live now, where you're from, and what cycling is like there. I, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Uh, cycling is pretty, is very good here, I would say. We have a, a nice river trail. And we have we have several nice places to bike away from the river trail. Our problem is like like riding from your front door is pretty difficult. So there's a I always say that it's a status symbol to have a bike rack on the back of your car because oh. <laughs> so, a lot of people have bike racks and drive to the ride. Okay. I I on the other hand am sort of stubborn and I ride to the ride. Nice. All right. It's just what I like to do. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question is what kind of riding do you do? Like, are you road riding or trail riding or self-contained? I, or Well, I do a little bit of all of it, but I, I don't mountain bike anymore at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm older and, you know, I just don't want to, you know, it, it's, it's a, the physical toll that worries me about uh mountain biking you know i don't Mm -hmm. want to break a bone so i can't ride anymore so Mm -hmm. i ride on the road most of the time Mm -hmm. and uh i tour uh when i was uh younger i uh raced oh nice! i was in a lot of uh, duathlons and you know triathlons and things like that because i i really started out as a runner and uh did marathons and stuff like that so the biking sort of came out of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, uh, at now at, that I am older, I'm not particularly fast. Uh, I, I t- right now during the COVID, I, I'm riding solo, mm-hmm. which also makes you slower right. because you don't have anybody to draft off of or mm-hmm. anything like that. But I'm riding almost every day. And walking almost every day. So that's, it's been good. I mean, I'm in pretty good biking shape. Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. And you uh, briefly mentioned that you've uh, d- done some touring. And does does that mean exactly what I call touring when you put all your junk on your bike and go? Exactly. Exactly. Nice. We, uh, we have about 50 pounds. I think this is something that you graduate to as you get older. Mm-hmm. It's it's bike packing basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's carrying your tent, your sleeping bag, your air mattress, everything on your bike, and just taking out off the out of the front door and just 
taken off and going. Mm-hmm. It's like running away from home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's well, and the nice, really, really simple. And the nice thing when you have that much weight on your bike, you're not worried about going fast. You're just worried, you know, all you're doing is getting to your destination. And sometimes you don't even have a destination when you have everything on your bike. You can just go wherever you want to go. That's right. We we try to go around around 40 miles per day, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times because of where we're going and so forth. You have to go a little bit more than that or a little bit less than that. Mm-hmm. But I've been cross-country uh, with the Adventure Cycling Maps. Oh, yes. Not with anybody, uh, you know, not with big group. I guess the most people that I've ever gone with on tours, probably 10 it's it's been it's been a great life doing it. Yeah, and that's a nice size group because you can still, you know, find good camp spots. You know, when you have a huge group, exactly. you have to do a little bit more planning. Right, and we don't we don't plan ahead. I mean, when when you have two two or four people, you don't plan really ahead for meals or mm-hmm. campgrounds. We don't make reservations. Mm-hmm ahead of time it's like whatever we get is what we get yeah. some of the places have been kind of interesting but <laughs> most of the time we find a good place to go yeah and we do sleep in motels sometimes you know just once in a while sure yeah you need that because luxury. sometimes it's impossible to find a campground close to where you want to go mm-hmm. so uh, I've interviewed a lot of people who do touring, you know, where they're self-contained on their bikes. And I always Mm -hmm. ask them if they carry any luxury items, meaning something that you want to carry, you probably don't need it. It might take up room. You know, a lot of people will say books. Always, always. You always have some luxury item. My luxury item for me would be a larger tent. Oh, Uh, I really, I really do like, like if you get caught, on a rainy night or a couple of rainy days, you don't want to spend a couple of rainy days in some kind of a lean-to or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. Right. And so uh, I guess that's my luxury item is a, lo- a little bit larger tent. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a backpacking tent. Mm-hmm. It's a two-person tent, and it's still very light, three mm-hmm. pounds. You know, it's it's larger, and that I guess that would be my luxury item. Yeah, well, and it makes sense because you're right. If you are going to be stuck in it for a long period of time, it's worth the few extra ounces that it weighs so that you can have a little bit of comfort. Right. Yeah. And and be, and be able to keep things dry, mm-hmm. you know, keep things in there and keep them dry and things oh, like that. Yeah. So. Getting to uh, Ragbri specifically, how did you get started doing Ragbri? With my brother. And uh, we uh, he saw it, Ragbri mentioned in a magazine the, oh. the whole thing in 1986 okay. which is the year we started together and we started because it started in council bluffs iowa and our parents lived in omaha oh so you're right there and so my mother could take care of my daughter who mm-hmm. was at the time i don't know three something like that mm-hmm. and and todd's and and then my brother's uh son and so the two grandkids could go to her house sure. when we went over to start Ragbri, and she'd have them for a week. We did that for years and years and years because mom would say, are you coming to Ragbri this year? <laughs> well, and I'm sure the kids were also like, we get to stay with grandma. <laughs> right, right. So then when 
they grew up like Corey Todd's son was 16 when my dad took us over there that very first year. And he said, I want to do it next year. Mm. So he started doing it that next year at 17. Wow. So then my daughter wanted to do it. She's done three. So now we have grandchildren that my grandchild is 12. And then uh, my brother's grandchildren are 16 and 12, I believe. Wow. So and then so now they go? Now they want to go. In fact, <laughs> next year is, is their plan. It was sort of their plan to, to go to Ragbri next year. I mean, it has sort of been in the works for a while. So, oh, that's awesome. So it's just kind of been a family thing. It got easier and easier as time went on, too, because back in 1986, the first year that we did it, we went with, with the charter out of Burlington, Iowa. She's no longer in business, but we went with her company, uh, Janet Proctor Bicycle Charters. We went with her company, and I used to take, well, the first year, of course, we took showers in the schools. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was a lot, I was younger, so I was a lot faster I could get in earlier Mm -hmm. there weren't as many women and I could get in the showers pretty easy and out no Mm -hmm. problem not not having to wait in line but then as time went on the girl showers you know I got slower the water got cold right (laughs) and and the band-aid started floating and they started (laughs) in the water and they started they started charging more too sure because at first the showers were free I started taking a little piece of hose and uh, put a shower head on the end of the hose. And then I had a key that I bought at Home Depot that had all the different sizes of all the different outside faucets. Oh, wow. And so I'd hook this up to the side of a school Mm -hmm. or a church or something like that and just take a shower, Mm -hmm. you know, with my clothes on, Mm -hmm. basically, and wash my hair and all that. And that was a better shower than the ones that we paid for. So we did that for a long time. That's awesome. But then with, with, we go with pork belly now Mm. and my goodness, they have, oh, it is. They have Mm -hmm. a shower truck and, you know, you, you pay a certain fee to go with pork belly and you you get a wristband and they give you a towel and you don't even have to take a towel and deal with wet towels. Mm -hmm. You know, they have shampoo and soap and the whole bit so ragbri's gotten easier sure yeah as as time has gone on i did the iowa 150 okay the, uh, 150th year that iowa their birthday mm-hmm. 150th birthday and chuck offenberger and his wife carla organized a ride cross country yeah you ended in washington dc didn't you yep oh you were uh, part of that crew that's great. i was part of that group however I only made it halfway because that year I was, I got sick in Shadron, Nebraska. Mm. They had to put me in the hospital. I was misdiagnosed and later found out that I had third stage colon cancer. Oh my goodness. So I'm a cancer survivor. Wow. I went back in 96. That was in 95 when we did that. And in 96, I went, I was doing chemo. And did ragbri on chemo. Wow, I'm impressed. And and congratulations. Yeah, 
for being a Thank cancer you. survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big de- it was a big deal. Nin- right. 1995. Uh, that that is a big deal and I've made it since then. Wow. When, you know, it was third stage, so I was thinking in 1996 when I did Ragbra, I thought it might be my last. Mm. Well, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad too. Yeah. <laughs> I've done many sets and I call it bonus time now. Oh, great. <laughs> did you do the virtual ride this year? I did the virtual ride. Uh, my brother, um, who we've we've done all the rag rides together. Right now, he is in lockdown in Panama, and he uh, could not go outside to bike. Right before lockdown, he was able to go to a, like a Home Depot type place and buy a stationary bike so that he could at least ride the stationary bike inside mm-hmm. indoors. So what he did. He did all of his virtual rag ride indoors oh. on the stationary bike every oh, mile. My goodness. He did the 100-mile uh, ride, too. So I thought, you know what? If he can do it, that was a challenge to me. I thought, if he can do this <laughs> on a stupid stationary bike inside, mm-hmm. I can do it out on the road. Mm-hmm. I can do it. So he, it was a challenge, really, basically, for me to do it because, you know, finding bathrooms, finding food, and finding water. Mm-hmm. Those three things were necessary, are are very necessary. And Ragbri, you know, it, it it's the easiest century I ever do because you have food, you have other people, you have people to talk to, you have, you know, everything you need. I was searching for bathrooms and right <laughs> all kinds of things you know to do virtual rag ride yeah. so that that was the big drawback for me and plus i don't ride with an odometer i never have i i had one for a little while and it it drove me crazy and i felt like it was a distraction mm. because you know you were you were always constantly thinking about your elevation and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it was a distraction i decided you know i don't like this and i I threw it in a drawer and I've never put it back on the bike. So my way of doing ragbri, virtual ragbri, was to do it by hours. Oh. And I I knew that in one hour I I could at least do ten miles. Mm-hmm. But usually I do more. I did it by hours. So on the day that I did the eighty three mile ride, I made sure I did eight hours of riding that day. That is so smart. And so that's that's how I did it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I didn't count every single solitary mile, mile for mile, but I'm pretty darn sure I did more than what the mileage was. Right. And, and I did not do the 100-mile day because it was 94 degrees here in, in Little Rock, and the humidity here in the afternoon, I mean, normally when you ride in... Little Rock, you ride in the morning. You mm-hmm. get up early in the morning and you ride before noon. So I was riding afternoon. I was riding till two. And then I was coming home, resting, and then going out at five or six and going until it got dark. Oh, wow. So you'd go out a second time just to get the rest right. of the hours in. Wow. Right, to get the, to get the mileage in, mm-hmm. to get the, the time in. So that's how I did it. You know, I, I'm sure everybody had their, their own way of doing it, but I wanted to make sure Todd says, well, you're cheat." My brother said, you're, well, you're cheating. You're not doing every mile. You don't know how far you're going, blah, 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 blah. 
I said, well, I'm, I know that I can, I'm doing at least 10 miles in every hour. I, I know I mm-hmm. am doing that. And I'm sure I was doing more because I was riding on my, uh, I have a carbon fiber trek and it's very light. It's a Domani and it, you know, it's, it's a racing bike. So oh, yeah. I knew, I knew I was going faster and farther than that. Wow. How did you decide where you're going to go each day or were you kind of doing loops maybe? Uh, no, I had different routes. I have not been on the river trail since the COVID-19 started. Mm. And the river trail is a 14-mile loop. I know from running all over the city of Little Rock from time to time, you know, I, as I mentioned before, I was I am a runner. And so I knew from running how far things were and distances. Mm-hmm. And then we have a tour-day rock, which is which supports a cancer society. And then we have a, the big damn bridge 100. So I usually do those rides. And so I knew what the 50 miles, you know, where to go for the 50, Mm -hmm. where to go for the metric, where to, where to go for a hundred. I went on those routes a couple of days, especially on the, uh, on the 83 mile day, I definitely went out and did the Tour de Rock course. Ended up doing more than 83, I know, because I got into a flooded area. That was that was an interesting little adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to turn around and go back another way because mm-hmm. the road was flooded. But I pretty much know uh, everything was a different route. I mean, I went a different way every day. Mm-hmm. I usually, I, I found a couple of places I went to this one shopping center that was absolutely like a ghost town. No, there weren't any cars in that shopping center at all. And uh, there was a little coffee shop there that I not, I didn't know was there. I went up to the door to see if it was open and the lady was inside, oh. the owner. So I put on the mask and went inside and she wasn't really open, but she was willing to serve uh, coffee and I think she, she had a bacon egg and cheese sandwich oh wow and I thought I'd gone to heaven get, getting in that place the great thing about it was that she was a business owner that had just bought that area mm. and actually opened the day that everything closed oh so she said I'm just opening up and I'm just gonna pray she yes. said I'm not getting a small business loan or anything I'm just gonna open up and see what happens and fortunately I was able to tell some of my other biking friends about her and we go there now not together but because I'm still riding solo but we go there on a regular basis and the the bicyclists go there like every Thursday so we're actually helping her with her opening and she hasn't closed yet so yeah that's great I definitely agree with you, you know, doing virtual ragbri. I discovered so many new places, um, you know, like your coffee shop story, or just mm-hmm. you'd ride somewhere and you'd be like, well, I didn't know that that was even here. So I found right. new trails that I didn't know about. And um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that part of virtual ragbri. Well, and seeing, I, I think it's really cool. You see so many different, like on, during this COVID time, when you're out riding by yourself, you're not talking to anyone mm-hmm. else. You're not trying to keep up any kind of a conversation at all. So like we have lots and lots of deer 
we have lots and lots of animal, you know, possums, horses, cows. You know, you just notice things like that, I think, a lot more when you're riding by yourself. Mm-hmm, I agree. And I did, um, there's one other guy, I don't think anyone else did virtual rag ride here in Little Rock. I think I was the only one except for one guy. Uh, his name is Robert Hanley. And I, I saw him one of the days. Oh. Uh, and we stopped and social distanced across the street, and talked to each other. And that afternoon, we both got caught in a total downpour. <laughs> and so we connected on Facebook and found out, you know, what we did during the downpour, where we went. Because <laughs> I was out in the country. I mean, you know, when you're out in the country, you have no place to go. Right, right. You have nothing over your head, no place. And you're not going to go to somebody's house or somebody's front porch or, you know, you're just not going to do that during this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. <laughs> just adventures, you know, along the way. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, so much different than Ragbri because, you know, part of the Ragbri that I really, really enjoy is the people watching. You know, you, you yes. it makes the miles go so fast. And it's something that I really, really miss. Um, each Me time too. I go for a solo ride, I'm like, God, I would just love to just watch other people bike and see what they have and you know, just little things right. like look that. Right. Look at their bikes. Look at the, yeah. you know, and then talking to people on Ragbri, mm-hmm. I mean, visiting and, and t- you know, where are you from and finding out uh, about other people. And, you know, I mean, it just passes the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, I've never, I, I didn't mention that I've, in all my 30 Ragbri's, this was the first one that I didn't do the century on. Oh, wow. And I, I decided to give myself that that little gift yes and just say you know well it was 2020 it was yeah. the COVID-19 and avoid a so heat, heat I had an excuse yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean anyway yeah and you, you, know, and you sometimes know what's, rag rise out like that too well I was just gonna say that same thing like if it would have been 90 plus degrees and 90 percent humidity in Iowa during rag mm-hmm. I bet you still would have done it just because I probably yeah. You wouldn't think twice about it. You'd be like, well, this is mm-hmm. this is what we have. So Here I am. I agree. You need to give yourself the 2020 excuse. Not excuse, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, it was just the fact I was out there by myself. Right, and, uh, right. I guess I felt like I could give myself permission. I I felt real guilty about it at first, and then I thought, shoot. Yeah. Think of all my, A lot of my friends are, are either not alive or they're in nursing homes mm-hmm. or laid up someplace and can't get out. So I just feel fortunate that I can even get on the bike and get out there and do it. I agree. Yeah. Well, looking at, you know, you gave us the, a little bit of the history of how you got into Ragbri with your brother and still, right? Still doing Ragbri with your brother? We're still, yeah, we're still doing it and we planned to do it this Mm -hmm. year. We now go with um, Pork Belly Ventures, Mm -hmm. have been going with them for the last Oh, gosh, 12 years or so. Uh, they make rag bribe pretty easy. And uh, <laughs> we do set up our own tents, though. Oh, okay. We still don't, you know, have them set up our tents. I, I'm reserving that for later when I feel like I can't do that anymore. Right. But, you know, as long as I'm able, I want to keep setting up my own tent, doing my own stuff. So 
Mm-hmm. And the nice, we still do that. The nice thing with Pork Belly Ventures, um, we, we need to give those guys a shout out because they've been around for a long time. So they are a well-oiled machine as far as exactly. where they set up and providing. I believe that you are offered coffee every day and water and soft yes, drinks and maybe a beer when you get back in. And then to yeah. have showers on location is just, I, know. I mean, it's mind-blowing when you think back. It's, like like you mentioned, when you think back to uh, days past, how you had to yeah. fight for a shower. And we sat on, uh, we, we had ice chests in the shade. Mm. And we sat on ice chests nice. in a little circle. Yeah. You know, and we, and we had, um, you know, like a coffee can to put our money in for the beer and, <laughs> you know, no coffee in the morning. Well, we got co- I usually got coffee and still do at Farm Boys Breakfast Burritos. Oh, yes. Yep. I look forward to Farm Boys and, I, you know, I look forward to that every day. And I wait in line. I a lot of times wait in line. But, you know, they're, what, about 12 miles from town and just in a good place. But, see, on Virtual Ragbri, you don't have anything like that. Right, right. Which you're lucky you found that coffee shop. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, any great ragbri memories that you can think of off the top of your head? I'm sure well, there's many. so many. I, I think the 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 thing that I enjoy the most probably about ragbri are the reunion. Like there are people that I only see once a year. Oh sure. You know I've met people from all over the U.S. and uh, every year when we go on ragbri we see each other almost every year. Mm-hmm. And there's still several of us from the original. I told you I went with uh, Janet Proctor out of Bicycle Charters out of uh, Burlington, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I, I went with with her on my first ragbri and most most of the first ragbris I did. And a lot of the people that went with Janet are now with Portbelly. So I still see some of the the people that started in 1986. Wow. Believe it or not, yeah. I still see some of those people, and uh, I look forward to seeing them. And, of course, you know, when you do it with your daughter, I mean, I, I've done ra- now three rag rides with my daughter, mm-hmm. and that is so special to to show she's met some of my friends, and, and I'll, I'll be going along, and somebody will say, well, I met you in 19, you know, <laughs> and she'll say, do you know everybody on rag ride? <laughs> And I said, no, I don't know everybody, but, you know, it appears that that I do because, you know, it's just like I have a lot of friends out there in the crowd, you know, and especially I did the Iowa 150. So, you know, there were 300 people on that ride Mm -hmm. from Iowa Mm -hmm. and a lot of those people still do rag Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I see them, it's very, very special. Uh, when I see them on the ride, because mm-hmm. I don't communicate with them much anymore at all, you know, mail or anything like that. But yep. I'm on Facebook with a lot of them, and I keep up with people that way too, and have done some cross country rides and some other rides in some other states with some of those people. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of special things about Ragbri for me. Well, that and, I enjoy. And just the concept of long distance cycling, it's a seven day ride and you're you're kind of with the same group of people, although it's thousands, not hundreds. Um, right. But the fact that you've also done a cross country 
rides uh, with a much, much, much smaller group, but just that whole concept of all you have to do every day is get on your bike and ride and just That's right. like the, it's just so much joy in that. And getting, just getting up in the morning and seeing the sunrise and seeing the sunset at night, you know, camping is, I don't know it. I really like, I love camping still. You know, people say I can't sleep on the ground anymore and stuff like that. But mm. I don't know. It's, it, for me, it's just, um, it's like my tent becomes home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first night is always kind of crazy because you're trying to get everything ready and, you know, you're trying to, you know, organize yourself. Mm-hmm. But after the first night, shoot, you're, you're in the groove and, then by Friday, you know, you're starting to be sad that right. you're, you're going to have to leave your friends for another year. Right, right. Not see them and, Although, you know, and not be in the in the groove. Right. And But I will say in, um, you know, I've done RAGBRAI quite a few years as well. And there is a point in the week and I can't, maybe it's like Thursday where I'm just like, I'm never doing this again. I'm sick of camping. I don't, I don't like showering in weird places. I, no way, never again. And then you're right. You know, Saturday when you're trying to get back to your, wherever you're going, you're like, oh, it's over already. It's over. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So. I, you know, I never, I never feel like I want it to be over. I, even when I went cross country, you would think most usually I've gone from um, from the West Coast to the East Coast. When you're at your destination, it's like when when I feel like I want to go home, that's when I know that I don't need to be riding anymore, those long rides <laughs> anymore. I think that's going to be a sign to me, yeah. you know, but I, I've just not felt that way. That's I don't, great. I, I just don't feel that way, you know. So typically for me, for RAGBRAI each year, um, I get my first burst of excitement when the route is announced the end of January, you Mm -hmm. know, and then I get, you know, start thinking about, although to be honest, it doesn't really matter the route because I'm going to go anyway, but I still just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be, you know, this many miles from my hometown or, oh, I remember when we were here last time. So I get that first burst of excitement and mm-hmm. then it's and then it's kind of planning out when I'm gonna you know I live in Iowa so of course it's snowing until usually end of March or April so just kind of right. getting the excitement of planning when can I get my the right bike out and all that good stuff so I don't know if you're similar but how is it feeling for you because you know we already know the route probably mm-hmm. doesn't matter but like how is your excitement level for next year? Oh, well, I'm always excited to do it because I get to see my brother, for one thing, and he lives six months in Panama. Oh, yeah. And so, and then the rest of the year, he lives in D.C. Oh, okay. So, so I always, it's like a week reunion with my brother, which is always good. And then oftentimes his son, you know, his grandchildren Mm -hmm. do it. And then seeing my friends, like I said before, that I'm always wanting to see. And so that the excitement of seeing everybody again, the excitement of uh, of go- actually going and sometimes um, taking the people from here with me that have never done it before, oh. the excitement of them doing it for the first time that that makes me excited. You know whether they're going to like it or not. 
mm-hmm. you know. You know, it's not for everybody. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people don't like to be in the crowds and all, but I don't know. I just meeting the people and just an example would be like one day I remember riding up this hill and uh, I was right next to this really young girl, probably high school. Mm-hmm. And she was on a bike that was squeaking and, you know, just an old bike. And she was right with me and I was on this faster you know, I usually take a faster bike mm-hmm. on Ragbra. I usually take my carbon fiber now that I have it. And I was going up the hill and I thought, how is this girl staying with me? I think <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good, you know. <laughs> and she was staying with me the whole way. And we got to the top and she pulled off. So I pulled off too. And I said to her, I said, man, I said, do you ride all the time? I said, do you ride that bike all the time? And she said, oh, no, this bike has been my, in my attic all, all winter. Oh, geez. I just pulled it out of the attic and just brought it to do ragbri on. She said, I don't ride at all. I said, are you kidding me? I said, you should be riding all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, as good as you are. <laughs> and, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, I just look forward to that, mm-hmm. to that sort of thing where you meet people that are absolute strangers and perhaps they give you advice or mm-hmm. you give them advice that they may or not may not take up, but it doesn't matter. You got another whole day and then another 2000 people to talk to. Right. <laughs> right. Gosh, talking about this makes me a little bit bummed. We have how many months to wait? Nine months? Like, oh. <laughs> a long time. And you got you guys in Iowa, you know, I sympathize because, I mean, you have a lot of really nice bike trails in Iowa. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, one, I, I did not tell you that in, uh, in 1991, that was my first trip across country. I wasn't self-contained. I went with a company called Cycle America, and we went the northern tier. And I met a girl. It doesn't surprise you, but I met a girl on that ride from Iowa. Oh, she was okay. from Fort Dodge, Iowa. We became friends in 1991. And... She passed away in 1994. Mm. I thought that the two of us would be friends for the rest of our lives. But this year that we were going to go through Fort Dodge. And so next year we'll be going through Fort Dodge. And she is the cemetery where she is buried is in Fort Dodge. And I plan to go there because I heard she had, well, I heard she had a bicycle. on her tombstone and I just wanted to go and and see that and you know be there so a lot of times um you know you remember towns that you've been through like I don't know Donna Reed you know was born there and John Wayne and Mm -hmm. uh the covered bridge and you know all that so when you hear the route you you start piecing together times you've been there before Mm -hmm. and what you did and so that 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 makes it exciting for for me. Good. Yeah, it makes me proud to be an Iowan because there are so many cool things to see. There are. Like the grotto. Yeah. In West Bend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I kept seeing these signs al- along the road that kept saying see the grotto, see the grotto and I finally stopped. I thought, "Well, what is the grotto? Is that like an Italian restaurant or something?" <laughs> And I finally asked somebody and they told me. And so 
you know, I went to, it's in West Bend, Iowa. And so I went, I've been through the grotto several times now, and it, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it's mind blowing. Like you can't put it into words. It's just so massive. And so it's just amazing. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And they're just and the, the field of dreams. Mm-hmm. And the Basilica is in that same town. Yep, that's Dyersville. Dyersville. Yep. Yeah. And and our, this is the Gomeco Trolley Factory is in Iowa. And they make trolleys for like French trolleys and American trolley. And so we have a trolley here in Little Rock. And so I said, uh, let's go to the trolley factory. We were in Iowa and mm-hmm. we were near just. De- Let's go to the trolley factory. So we went to the trolley factory, and the guy in the beginning of the of our tour said, where are you girls from? And we said, we're from Little Rock, Arkansas. And he says, oh, you want to see your trolley? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so YT and I were the first two people from Little Rock to have our pictures taken in the Little Rock trolley. <laughs> How crazy is that? It is crazy. Oh my gosh! And so when I, uh, I do, uh, I, I volunteer to show people different places here in Little Rock. And uh, so I was, I, I was talking to these people about the uh, trolley, and I said, and they make them in Iowa. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, see, look, read right down there. There it is. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Well, Corrine, I. I am so thankful that I got to meet you and talk about uh, Ragbri and some of your adventures. And I hope that our paths will cross. Um, maybe that would on, be fun on Ragbri next year. It'll it'll be by totally by chance, but you never know. It's Ragbri. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Well, thank- I've, I have a feeling we might we might see each other again. I agree. I agree. Well, yep. thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. A big thanks to Corrine for taking the time to talk about her adventures. You can also find my interviews with cyclists on the Morphology Podcast through any of your podcast platforms or go to morphologypodcast.com. For now, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Charlie Chaplin. A day without laughter is a day wasted. Think about it. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.